Hello and welcome to another episode of Gully Cricket to Bounce Wicket podcast. I am your host Srinivas. Hi, this is Manoj. And hi, this is Raja. Today we are going to be joined by our friends from the Top Order podcast all the way from New Zealand. And if it is not obvious, we are going to do the preview of WTC finals and we have been planning for this episode for close to 2 months now and the day has finally arrived. Welcome to the show guys. Yes, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Looking forward to this World Test Championship final. Thank you. It's nice that all of us could, you know, get together finally. So, Manoj, uh, to start with, there are quite a few discussions about different teams playing different number of matches, and then there was a lot of confusion in the point system. So, just talk us through, you know, what this point system is all about and how India and New Zealand has arrived finals. Sure. Um, let's look at the ground rules that were laid laid out by the ICC uh, for this tournament. So the teams uh, participating in the tournament would um, must play at least two matches in a series, and the series can be ex- uh, extended to a maximum of five test series. So each test series will carry one twenty points, and and it does not matter if it's a two two match series or a five match series. For example, a two match series um, will mean sixty points for a test, and it comes down to twenty four points for a five match series. So in November uh, 2020, due to the pandemic, um, all tours could not be completed due to the travel restrictions. ICC had decided to change the point system. Um, so it announced that a point system, the points earned, will be calculated as a percentage uh, of the points that were up for grabs, and the team will be ranked likewise. So, for example, a team if it's uh, if it has con- contested for 480 points and won 360 points, so it would have scored um, like 75 percentage. So these these are the basic rules that were laid down, um, and the inaugural uh, World Test Championship started on the first of August two thousand nineteen. Just for the record, um, with the arch rivals Australia and England um, head on in the five Test match Ashes series. So these are the basic rules. Uh, thank you, Manoj. I think this change to percentage point system has what irritated Ravi Shastri and Virat Kohli, isn't it? They come they came out in press conference and they said. you know all of a sudden the rules has changed like we cannot do anything because before the rule change india was on the top of the table once the rule has changed india i think slipped to third position or so but like uh, raja what is your take here because it's a pandemic and icc has to come up with some solution right so i don't see any better better solution than this if they want to complete the series like you know as planned so what are your thoughts on that and take us through how both the teams has reached finals so yeah i uh, completely understand uh, the it's it's a very difficult position that the uh, icc found themselves in uh, uh, you know losing a major part of the year uh, due to the pandemic and uh, even uh, when the lock, lockdowns were lifted off the cricket couldn't be as uh, uh, you know like uh, widespread as it could be so considering the situations i think uh, they made a change uh, pretty late and i think maybe in the next cycle or so it wouldn't uh, be the same uh, so considering what the cards that we dealt uh, i suppose uh, they did the best they could we've already touched on it how uh, new zealand and india are facing off in the wtc finals and uh, so con- talking about india's journey uh, how, on how we got there so india played six uh, test series uh you know from 2019 onwards and uh, they ended up with uh, five uh, th- th- three home series and three away series and uh, 
uh, although new zealand played five test series and they couldn't complete the bangladesh uh, tour due to the pandemic so they played three home and two away series and uh, both the teams uh, averaged about 70 percentage of uh, points uh, uh, contested for uh, india you know had a pretty good uh, run throughout the uh, champion th- throughout the cycle where they beat uh, uh, Aust- west indies south africa and uh, bangladesh pretty handily and uh, our friends in new zealand would uh, like this point where they really uh, walloped india when they toured uh, when india toured new zealand uh, last year uh, so it put added pressure on them on india to finish well and uh, considering strong uh, teams uh, such as australia and england to finish they did uh, fairly well to uh, finish in the number one spot uh, thank you raja for taking us through it and stu your thoughts on new zealand's journey to finals Oh yeah so look I mean it's as you said you you ran through there I mean I think when you're running through both sides uh, you you see the you see the strength of what they've done but you also see kind of the glaring uh, the negatives on, on both of them I mean you touched on India when they came to New Zealand you know that was I think if you look through our list that's that's really the the marquee series that we won um you know there's whereas you flip it round we had uh, i mean when we were talking about uh, adam and and uh, michael and myself and and raj our other co-hosts of the top order when we were due to go to australia uh, back at the end of 2019 we were we sort of had high hopes for what new zealand could do we really thought that they'd been playing great cricket and you know it just it did, didn't happen for them at all lockie ferguson got injured in the the first test and they went there on um you know after playing in england at home and um that would that was not actually a, a world test championship uh points for that series but they did play very well in that series and and looked the better side against England and yeah we thought they would perform well but just just didn't happen for New Zealand and Australia's always been a tough place to us for us to go and i guess fortunately you know you you start the the world test championship one win from your first five tests it's it's looking pretty difficult to get in from there but you know we just played the summer i guess we we knew at the start of the summer if we when our four tests that we have there were a chance and and i think you know I, i do appreciate it's it's very fair those comments probably australia most uh that you know new zealand hasn't played as many tests as the other nations we've played at home for the majority of our wins i do understand all of that but i do also think that you know we're we're a very strong test side now so i, I do think we deserve to to be in and around at least uh the top sort of three or four teams in the world uh and you know we'll hopefully give ourselves a a good account of ourselves in this final uh definitely is to thanks for your thoughts on this and uh, let's let's uh, move to the finals of the WPC so before we get into advantages or disadvantages that the both team has let's look at where they are playing and what is the history of the playing conditions there so they are going to play in southampton agus bowl so initially the match was planned in lords but again uh, the southampton uh, ground has an integrated hotel hilton with the stadium and it's easy for players in the bio bubble to manage the situation so they have shifted the you know uh, finals to uh, southampton from lords and uh, england has played three test matches on the on this ground particularly after resumption of test cricket last year two with pakistan and one with west indies so like the if we look at the ground basically so 
team winning the toss has chose to bat five times out of six times like they have played they have been, there has been history of six test matches on this ground and india played two test matches so far in this ground uh, so in 2018 they have played their last test match here and they lost the match by 60 runs and new zealand haven't played a test match on this ground pakistan in the first test match they played with one spinner and in the second test match they went with uh, three spinners so india on the other hand in 2018 when they played on the ground so ashwin played for india and england used both adil rashid and moin ali and moin ali is in fact man of the match for that match and since 2010 india has toured three times and won two out of 14 games and new zealand has toured twice and won out of four games so what i am trying to say both these teams india and new zealand doesn't have a great history of winning in england so i think the location being in i mean uh, finals location being in england is definitely a good neutral situation because it is going to test the strength of both the teams and uh, like lot of people are saying in fact two days back uh, ravi shastri india's head coach has come up in press conference uh, press conference and said a three test match series would have been better final so michael your thoughts on this so do you also prefer three test matches as final well i think ideally all things being equal a world test championship final played over three matches is much more likely to end up with the better team if you like taking home the trophy i do think that there's a lot of romance involved in a one off final uh, where either team can you know perform on the day or over three or four days and take away the trophy so i think there's a lot to like about Uh, a single final given that we've got a potential sixth day for weather and we've seen weather impact the first test between England and New Zealand at Lords there's lots of permutations at stake there but I do like the idea of a of a one match final because there is a bit of a an anything can happen and and that team like New Zealand who might be the underdog going into that game slightly will feel like if they play good cricket over those 3 or 4 first 3 or 4 days they're in with a big chance of taking away this match I think if it was a five test series India would fancy themselves a lot more a lot more strongly but uh, in a one test series or a one test match anything can happen true and uh, raja your thoughts on this what would you have preferred uh, i agree with uh, what uh, michael just stated i think uh, for the you know uh, for just for the sake of uh, equal uh, you know equanimity and uh, parity of this thing a three, a three uh, match uh, series would have been wonderful uh, but uh, there is a bit of drama added to uh, the one off final i agree with that and uh, i think uh, you know both it, it, it is going to be uh, uh, considering what uh, the icc has added in terms of reserve days and all and a result would be uh, uh, possible uh, if not uh, lost due to weather so i think it would be a good uh, game overall so adam do you think moving game from uh, lords to southampton is advantage for india or new zealand what do you think yeah so i think um certainly in terms of the three test series that you talk about that would be preferable but very difficult to squeeze the ipl in if we're going to play an extra three test matches in this little window in terms of the in terms of the ground um look i think probably the bigger factor is that new zealand are obviously in england at the moment um not necessarily warming up but certainly having two tests to get acclimatized I think in terms of the grounds look it's a pretty difficult question to answer because there's only been six test matches at the Aegis Bowl or, or the Rose Bowl as it was previously known 
And when you actually look at the statistics, it's actually a slightly higher scoring ground than Lords. Um, although obviously Lords has got you know the the benefit of over 130 Test matches being played there, so you know you, you've got a little bit more surety in the data there. I think the biggest thing, though, is all of the English grounds now, and the Rose Bowl particularly, or the Aegeus Bowl particularly, is a relatively new ground and was, has built, been built with very, very good drainage so that they can make sure that they get plenty of cricket um, all throughout the English summer. So I think even though we're you know, not that far out from the game in terms, of, um, in terms of time, the weather at the moment, the fact that it's pretty wet, I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. You could still see a wicket that's going to be uh, and start relatively dry and potentially favour spin. And you talked about that 2018 test with both uh, Rashid and, and Moen Ali playing. So I think if you were in that one-off shoot-off with both sides uh, you know, flying in and maybe having a week or two to get acclimatised and warm up, Look, I think it would probably be India that would would start as favourites, but I certainly think that New Zealand being in the country is going to give them that ability um, to acclimatise um, and probably be in a position where they're going to be able to exploit exploit particularly any seam friendly conditions that exist. And uh, you know, we've seen that with the bowling performance that Jameson Saudi. Um, Wagner uh, have put in in this uh, in this Test match that's taking place at Lords at the moment as well. Yeah, true. And uh, my next point is, is this ground a true representation of English conditions or not? Uh, because why I'm bringing up this point is usually spinners are like negligible when we play in England, right? More, it is more about seam and swing bowlers. And this is the only ground where spinners will come into play if at all. I mean, if the pitch is prepared, like what they have done for the previous matches. Of course, this time ICC will be, you know, uh, overviewing the preparation of the pitch, not the ECB. So, Stu, what do you think about this? Like, do you think uh, India has a chance, I mean, edge here because of moving to Southampton, because they have a strong spinners? Or do you think that's fine because, I mean, New Zealand is playing two test matches already in uh, England, so that will neutralize this. So what do you think? Yeah, look, I'd, I would tend to defer to... to what Binksy, what Adam just said there. I mean, he he's got the the knowledge of the the English conditions. I mean, they, when when it was first announced, I, I read a lot of reports suggesting that yeah, moving to to the Aegeus Bowl would would provide more spin perhaps than than other uh, Indian uh, other English conditions. And I I mean, I, I'd probably be interested more in um you know how many uh, I guess we probably get to it a bit later in the the makeup of the Indian side because you, you've had such a a strong, uh, I mean, the, the recent sides that we've seen, obviously, even um, in Australia, um, being able to, you know, make use of the spin uh, in perhaps not so friendly conditions. I'm really interested to see the balance of the bowling attack that they go with. I mean, with New Zealand, I, we'll get to that soon, but I, I don't even know if we'll play a spinner, you know, as, as much as uh, the supposedly uh, favours spin, whether it favours, you know, New Zealand's best balance of their side is, is probably the bigger question. Yeah, so uh, Manoj Ashwin has 67 wickets in the WTC cycle so far and he is just four wickets away from being the highest wicket taker. So do you think Ashwin will get those four wickets in the finals or what do you think? Yeah, I think for me what's important is to uh, do well in the game whether he gets four wickets or not uh, it's it's a different it's a different story but but um it all depends on the on the uh, conditions there in southampton um knowing ashwin um he might you know uh 
uh, if i mean what's important is to win the game my uh, uh, ashwin uh, is a key player here that's my that's my opinion yeah sure manoj uh, so raja we all know indians like crowd right we have seen that happening in chennai test match recently with australia and we have seen that many times like probably that will give them a like some kind of adrenal rush so recently we we read the news that they are going to allow crowds so do you think uh, india will take an inspiration from there or, or how do you see you know crowds being allowed for the finals um, you know more than uh, uh, i think uh, having crowds will be a boost for both teams in fact but definitely considering uh, how southampton is in terms of the demography i think the asian crowd uh, would be south asian crowd would be higher but uh, uh, having uh, have playing uh, uh, wtc final with that kind of a marquee and a pedigree uh, without crowds would have been a, a huge loss for the sport and it's very positive that uh, you know the authorities have allowed that uh, definitely because both teams are uh, uh, they will you know derive a lot of energy from the crowds within their respective supporting groups and uh, uh, you know speaking for uh, you know on uh, what uh, india might do we all, we all know how uh, uh, kohli gets the energy from the crowd and then you know that just uh, brings about a different uh, you know kind of a mindset to the player so i think it's it's going to be an interesting uh, thing and definitely uh, uh, you know give good uh, sight to see especially for us who are here without yeah. any who are under so much uh, crowd control and all that yes. at least we can escape artificial crowd noise from sony or star sports that is <laughs> you know killing us all these days because of lack of crowd so absolutely so uh, michael i want you to tell whether new zealand has an edge here because they are playing two test matches with england ahead of wtc finals or do you see any downsides of it I don't think there's any downside to New Zealand playing two test matches against England in the lead up at all. I think their fast bowling unit will be will be well tuned and and ready to go. I think Kane will manage their workloads um you know expertly across the two test series. Of course Trent Bolt is going to miss at least the first test. I would imagine that he'll play the second test at Edgbaston as a tune up for the World Test Championship final. and you look the the way that they bowled in that first innings to have England 140 for 6 even though England ended up 278 all out with some fine lower order batting i think they are in pretty good form uh jamison in particular was irresistible um and it was very difficult to play in those seeming conditions look i don't think we want to read too much into the spin going into this test match because although mo ali has 17 wickets at 15 at the ground you have a look at yasir shah and don bess have both played two and three tests respectively and average over 60 jimmy anderson at that ground averages under 22 uh, ishant sharma averages 16 and jasprit bumrah averages under 25 so for both of those bowling attacks the pace bowlers will feel like they can still do a lot of damage uh, at the ajs bowl in southampton I think it will help the fact that um Devin Conway has has made uh, a double hundred on debut uh, and will feel, feel very comfortable at the top of the order for New Zealand and that batting lineup looks looks pretty assured. I'd like to see a little bit more from Colin de Grandhomme over the next test match or two. He's been pretty quiet so far in this test. Of course they've got Daryl Mitchell ready to go if they need to make a switch there. So from a New Zealand point of view, two tests against England uh, is definitely a good warm up and I don't see any downside at all. 
definitely michael i think you have made a good point about the bowling as well and uh, we have few questions from twitter as well on uh, bowling or pace battery of both the teams uh, just uh, there is no do- I, i don't say it as a downside but i just, if if i have to nitpick something out of the new zealand series with england so there is just three days gap between second test match of new zealand and wtc finals and uh, of those three days one day or more than half a day it has to be in travelling because they are playing in edgbaston and then they have to reach southampton probably it's 3 hours or 4 hours drive if i am not wrong so but do you think adam do you think the another two days new zealand would have fancied or do you think it's fine like what are your thoughts on that well look you'd need a crystal ball i think if they come off a win at edgbaston i think you wouldn't get them on the coach quick enough to get uh, a couple of hours uh, down uh the motorway to yeah to southampton and and get checked into that hilton hotel and be ready to go um if england put up a performance at edgbaston um and put some miles into the legs of those new zealand bowlers uh, you know i think that you know that's a slightly different story um the spin thing is you know is is an important factor of this i think there's no doubt that india's spin attack is going to be better than new zealand's whichever personnel both teams put out um on the field of a sneaky uh, a, a, a sneaky view that Mitchell Santner will play um, because I think he's really the only option that's going to give some balance to that New Zealand um team but I wouldn't be surprised to see them going with all four of those pace bowlers Bolt uh, Wagner Saudi Jameson uh, Wagner um doesn't know any workload issues whatsoever he'll bowl through a brick wall <laughs> for his team so I, I I can't see that being a big issue um so I think Santner could be important um in offering that sort of uh, middle order ballast with the bat um and a little bit um with the ball but yeah in in terms of um momentum which is often uh, used in, in this current uh, current cricketing vernacular um we'll have to wait and see who's carrying that into the game but one thing's for sure the only team that can be carrying momentum into that game is new zealand india can't carry any momentum um into that world test championship final from a test cricket perspective yeah sure so uh, raja my next question to you we have a question from twitter as well from shonak which team has a better pace battery new zealand or india oh uh, if you ask me uh, i i i would uh, vote for uh, new zealand because the likes of uh, bolt saudi you know wagner jameson are are, are incredible uh, what they've managed to do in the last uh, 12 to 18 months india has you know uh, arguably uh, uh this is our uh, best uh, pace attack in probably decades right uh, yep. your quartet of five to six bowlers that india has managed to yep. uh, you know have in the last few years your bumrah ishan shami umesh siraj and uh, uh, you know likes of saini or even thakur and all these guys they've, they've been doing great but uh, i think uh, there is a bit of a uh, considerable distance that need, they need to cover between uh, uh what new zealand has to offer right now in terms of bold saudi wagner james so michael you have india and new zealand jersey as well behind you so what are your thoughts on this which team has a better pace battery better pace ba- battery i think new zealand's because each bowler provides such a point of difference so you've got um world class swing from trent bolt you've got world class swing from from Tim Southey at the top of the order then you've got a guy who can bowl 35 overs with a broken toe and and every ball will be at the body and and making the batsman make a decision in Neil Wagner um he's been incredible the last 18 months and at 35 is probably the fittest man in world cricket 
Uh, and then you've got Kyle Jamison, six foot eight, can swing the ball both ways and provides um, when he gets that length right, he's he's very, very hard to resist. So, you know, this Indian bowling attack is probably as good as I've seen in the 35 years I've been watching Test cricket. But New Zealand's attack at the moment, because every player offers such a point of difference, I think New Zealand have the slight edge. But, you know, you wouldn't want to underestimate uh, the damage that Ishant and, and Jasprit Bumrah can do if they're on fire with a talking Dukes ball. Ah. And adding to that, these guys can bat also, right? That's another big advantage. Even Jamison can bat and Team Southie. In fact, I was going through some stat yesterday and found Team Southie has more success than AB Devillers in Test cricket. Yep. So that's incredible. Yeah. And, it's, it, and they're going to need all of those runs because at some yeah. point in that Test match, that batting lineup is going to be under pressure. Uh, we saw it yeah. in this Test match against England. You know, despite Devin Conway's 200, there wasn't a lot on offer there. Uh, in that middle order for New Zealand other than uh, Nichols and also Neil yeah. Wagner at the end, who's probably the world's best ever number 11 at this point. Um, so, you know, no matter who New Zealand go with, those batters are going to need to be um, need to be making useful contributions at the bottom, at the lower order for New Zealand to, to put up a big total that they're going to need to put Virat and the middle order of, of India under pressure. And traditionally, India has the problem of cleaning up tail. So definitely, these kind of batting uh, from New Zealand, 8, 9, 10 or 11 for that matter, is go- going to hurt India. But definitely, like all of them will come up there with their own plans you know, for the opposition. So uh, let, let's get into playing 11. I think we spoke a bit about uh, how, the t- how the teams have prepared for the finals and what are the conditions. So let's look at playing 11. So, Raja, why don't you start with the top order for India? Whom do you think will be top order for India? Uh, you know, uh, I like uh, Shubman Gill uh, and Rohit Sharma at the top. I know Mayank Karwal is there and uh, uh, if needed, Vihari can also open. But uh, I like the idea of uh, Rohit and uh, Shubman at the top. So, Manoj, and, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with, uh, with Raja. I think um, Rohit Sharma can be destructive at the top. So. Uh, Roy Sharma, of course, with Shubman Gill. Shubman Gill has sound technique, and he can, you know, uh, tackle the the New Zealand quicks. I think these sh- uh, two should open the open the innings for India, followed by Pujara, uh, yeah. the rock of Pujara, Kohli, and uh, Rahane are like obvious choice in between. So, like, right, your top two are the ones that are in question, and I think. I agree with you. Gil will come along with the Rohit to open because uh, like he was the one who is playing in the Indian team for the past four or five test right. matches, right? He, right. Hasn't, he hasn't done great in against England in the home test series, but I don't think he has done anything to drop him. So I think they will continue that combination. So top five slots are fixed now. Rohit, Gil, Virat and Rahani and Pujara, right? So, who will come next? You, do you think Vihari will get a chance in this match or what do you think? I don't think so. I, I really don't think uh, Vihari will get a chance though um, he's already in England played uh, a couple of county matches for Wapikshire, if I'm not wrong. Um, but I think Rishabh Pant will be the next in for India. Yeah, Rishabh Pant will anyway play. The only question will be whether Vihari, I mean, if India want to play two spinners, they have to drop Vihari. There is right. no other option, I think. If India want to play Ashwin and Jadeja both, they have to drop Vihari and then bring these two guys. So, Raja, your thoughts? India, do you think India will play both the spinners? Uh, I, it's also about, uh, you know, like uh, uh, 
uh, what uh, roles they can fill. So Vihari can definitely bat, and he's uh, been doing well for Warwickshire also. So, but but uh, what uh, say someone like uh, Jadeja offers at that spot, or uh, you know, Ashwin is very pretty much uh, difficult to drop after a man of the series performance against England. So uh, Jadeja has been playing uh, his best cricket, you could say, in in his entire career and across formats. So it would be difficult for uh, for sorry Vihari to fit it, definitely. I, I I agree with you, Raja. I think he I don't think he he had a great uh, county because he played only three matches. Vihari played only three matches, and unfortunately, I think uh, he got only one fifty out of the three. I mean, six right. innings that he has played. Mm-hmm. So uh, he may get a chance, or he will definitely get a chance going into England series. But for finals, I sure. think. Uh, it's difficult for them to fit in Vihari unless they want him to open along with the Rohit and like what they have done in Australia last year and that mm-hmm. was not successful though. But that could be one option if they want to fit in Vihari. But I don't think they'll be so much desperate to fit in Vihari. So do you guys think now both Ashwin and Jadeja will play? Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, yes, I, I, do. I, I do think that. Yeah. Adam, do you think India will go with two spinners? I genuinely think it's too early to tell. Um, you know, I think most teams would name know that they're sort of twelve players on the the eve of the game, and and potentially be tossing up that option between whether it's an extra batter or an extra seamer and an extra spinner. Um, so look, I think I think it's too early really to tell. Um, I think New Zealand have probably got the easier choice um, because I think they don't have that abundance of spin options. So um, I think it's going to be very very difficult. Um, for Gary Stead, the New Zealand coach, to knock on any of those seamers' doors and tell them they're going to miss out on that World Test Championship final. Um, so, look, I think that that's probably a clearer selection choice than uh, than the Indians have got with the the spin options and the spin riches that they've got in that squad. Yeah, uh, I think if you ask me, if spinners doesn't have anything in on that pitch, India will play one spinner. If spinners have something on that pitch, India will go with two spinners. That's yeah, because absolutely. playing one spinner uh, for India has been traditionally, I mean, a strength. And because both these guys, beat Jadeja or Ashwin, can bat a bit, and that's an added advantage. So, if they think spinners has something on the pitch, definitely they'll go with two spinners. Because many people who sent they sent those questions on Twitter also wanted to know whether how what combination they'll go with. But I agree with you, Adam. Like it may be too early to say, but like. I said India will tend to go with two spinners. I mean, if not with one spinner. So uh, now comes to fast bowling battery of uh, India. Manoj, whom do you think will be the fast bowlers for India? Let's say like uh, they'll go with two spinners for now. And whom do you think will be three fast bowlers if they are going with two spinners? I think hands down, um, Bumra, Shami and Ishant. Those would be okay. the three they will uh, try to pick. For the yeah, for the match, yeah, I think uh, that sounds fair because uh, Ishant, uh, I think away from home, England is one of his uh, better playing uh, grounds, like better playing country. Uh, England suits him, and uh, Shami, we know what he can do. And uh, like Ishant, Shami, and Bumrah, I think Bumrah haven't played much test matches against England or sorry in England or against New Zealand, but I think. A bowler of Bumla's caliber may not lose his place, but there is all. I mean, there are things going around that Siraj may play in, and where do Siraj play? If at all, I mean, Siraj plays. Do you think it is possible for Siraj to play in the 
WTC finals? I mean, uh, yes. Uh, if in case they uh, they they decide to play him, if it's not spin friendly, uh, maybe drop uh, Ravindra Jadeja and bring in Shami. That would make a case for him. Otherwise, I don't think there's a place for there's a place for Siraj in this team. Uh, Raja, your thoughts on fast bowling for India? I agree. I think uh, what uh, Manoj has put forward, the three choices are the number one, two, three. Uh, so I, that that would be my. Uh, bowling attack a uh, pace bowling battery uh, just in case as you said uh, maybe if uh, jadeja or ashwin are uh, not playing maybe that's when siraj gets an opportunity so michael your thoughts on india's fast bowling options i think it's pretty straightforward isn't it i mean bumrah and ishant sharma have both played there and averaged under 25 mohammed shami is probably the next best guy who complements that pace bowling lineup uh, I think you would have to have a look at the conditions. If it's overcast overhead and, and the wicket is going to offer a bit of assistance to the fast bowlers on the first two days, India might go with a four-man pace attack and, and hope that they've got enough batting. But I think for the overall balance of the team, Ashwin and Jadeja at seven and eight give them enough batting and enough spin options to counter the fact that, you know, if you play Bumrah Sharma and Mohammad Shami, you're not picking them because they're great batters. So... Um, I think that'll be the way that India go. I think they'll go with the two spinners because they've been so so strong in that department mm-hmm. um, and because potentially that will give them the best opportunity to score runs as well because mm-hmm. with, you know, if you had Bumra, Sharma, Shami and Suraj, mm-hmm. 8, 9, 10, 11, that's a pretty long tail to take into a test match against New Zealand. Uh, definitely. I think uh, we have summarized India's playing 11 and I think we have hoped uh, I and I think uh, we have answered some of the Twitter questions as well. So, Stu, why don't you start with uh, New Zealand's playing eleven? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot more questions uh, in the Indian one. I think the New Zealand one, there's only really two, one uh, now. I mean, that I guess uh, before we played this England series, there was some talk about you know who would open for New Zealand. Uh, I think Devin Conway's answered that pretty uh, emphatically uh, in that first. Test knock for him getting a double hundred. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you can't do much better than that. So I think he's firmly established himself there and, and, and we'll see him open with Tom Latham. You've got Williamson, Taylor, Nichols uh, filling out the middle order, um, I expect, and then BJ Watling in at six. And and then the the real question is who bats at seven and, and who plays that all-rounder role. Uh, I, I mean, given the, the way they've selected in this, this first test against England, uh, suggests that it'll be a, sh- a straight shootout really between Mitchell Santner and Colin de Gronholm and, and that may may reflect uh, the pitch conditions whether they think spin will play a part and I know Gary Stead has mentioned many times that he likes to play a spinner uh, just for the balance of the attack even if even if probably uh, in New Zealand conditions spin doesn't play a part you have seen him still play Ajaz Patel at times at home and, and Mitchell Santner featured uh, and, and actually yeah, picked up a, a crucial wicket to, to win us uh, a Pakistan test earlier in the summer. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess if I had to, to tip someone, I think they probably will lean Santner um, at this point. Uh, and then you're just looking at those four quicks, Jameson, Saudi, Wagner, Bolt to, to fill out the side. Um, I suppose if there was any question uh, in the batting lineup for me, it, it might be Ross Taylor. I mean, he's had a, a really lean run uh, in the last sort of 18 months. He's scored, I think, 150 in his past 14 innings. 
but I, I just can't see the way that New Zealand, I guess, holds Taylor in, in such high regard. What a tremendous performer he's been for us over the years and, and the way that Williamson and Steed, their selection policy has, has been very loyal and, and um, has supported. Um, I know on our podcast, we spoke with Matt Henry uh, before the well, a few weeks ago, just before they left. And, and he spoke about how the players were really, you know, they've built towards this and, and how exciting it was that they've had this World Test Championship final as a carrot for the, particularly this New Zealand home summer just now, but, you know, over the past couple of years. And for someone like Taylor, who's been there throughout all of that to to be to miss out, I think you would probably feel very unlucky. But I think if, you know, if you're picking purely on form, if, if Taylor doesn't get a run in these English in these two English tests, then then he's probably the one that's under the most pressure in that batting lineup. So, Michael, your thoughts on playing eleven for New Zealand? Yeah, I think it all comes down to that question of whether or not New, uh, New Zealand play a spinner. If they play a spinner, I think they're going to have to play Mitchell Santner, uh, given that they can't not play their four fast bowlers. Uh, so it will have to be a spinning all-rounder who could bat at seven. Mitchell Santner just about fills that role for New Zealand. Uh, I think I would prefer, if I wanted to play a spinner, I think my preference would be to play Ajaz, but I just can't see how that they would fit Ajaz and the four fast bowlers into that lineup because it means you know, you would have Jamison batting at seven and then Wagner or Southie batting at eight and then you've got... Um, and then you've got the other guys sort of 9, 10, 11. So I don't think that's going to work for New Zealand from a from a batting point of view. I think it leaves their tail too exposed, too long. Uh, so I think if New Zealand do play a spinner, they'll go with Mitchell Santner. Otherwise, I think it'll be Colin de Gronholm to, to provide a bit of batting at seven and a little bit of nibbly 70-mile-an-hour uh, seamers. Yeah, if at all, uh, if they think two spinners has to be played, I think Kane Williamson is going to roll his arm, isn't it? <laughs> I think he's he has been practicing that. He's a pretty reluctant bowler, though, uh, Shrinas. You know, he doesn't like to bowl uh, very often, and he will bowl if he has to, but I think he would much rather prefer that his fast bowlers do the job up the top and, and knock and knock the New Ze- uh, Indians over early. So, Adam, your thoughts on playing 11? Hi, look, no, no different, really, to, to Stu and, uh, and Baldy. I think the one thing I'd just add into the mix is I think Carl Jamieson will finish his career as a pretty decent number seven for New Zealand. Um, you know, I think he could be an, an all-rounder in the mould of an Andrew Flintoff, I think. Um, so, look, I, I genuinely think probably at the moment he's a good seven and a half. Um, and, look, I, I guess a little bit like that Indian lineup with with a combination of Santner um, and Jameson, I think they've got, um, you know, that sort of middle order batting covered so that they can get what is their real strength um, in that uh, seam attack. Um, and, and, look, I think Carl Jameson is going to be a real handful um, for the Indian batting lineup as well. So as we see now, I think only one of the Colin DeGranmore or Santner can play, right? Both of them cannot play if they have to make four fast bowlers. Is, yeah. Am I right, Stu? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that to to really do that, they'd have those fast bowlers. And I, I just can't see how you, you can do that. Um, I mean, you know, they have done that in the past, um, but that was really before Jameson kind of came onto the onto the scene. And, and now that he's there, you know, I, I just can't see how you can in, take that black cap off him. He's just done so well. He's made every poster winner and, and just been tremendous. So yeah, I, I can't see how they do it and, and really why they would do it because I mean, they've, they've done it in this test and um, this first test against England. And, and I don't think it's really worked to be honest. Um, they've gone with the, you know, it's easy to say now that both Santner and, and Granholm got ducks, but 
centers barely bowled. You know, De, um, De Gronholm hasn't picked up any wickets. So I just think it's mm. it's kind of unnecessary for them to play two rounders when uh, we've got such a, a strong bowling attack uh, in, in, to to play with. So uh, uh, let's pick our own uh, man of the match choices for the you know WTC final before we go into who will win. And uh, Raja, let's start with you. So whom do you think will be the man of the match from both the teams? Like whom do you think you know will be the man of the match here? Interesting. Uh, I I think uh, uh, you know all format considering. I think Ishant might have a good game for India. Uh, considering yeah. you know he'd be might be able to extract certain bounds and he'd be he's the only different uh, kind of a uh, he is the hit to take kind of one maybe he would have a, a best opportunity according as per my uh, understanding. Michael, who is your choice? Kane Williamson for me. I think he's the best batter in the world, and he doesn't feel pressure. At least it doesn't look like he feels pressure. I think Virat Kohli will get up for the match because he's got a point to prove that he is a better batter than Kane Williamson. But I just think the guy is, Kane Williamson is just so calm and so collected that he's going to, he's going to put that team on his shoulders. He's going to have a big first innings for New Zealand. And I think he'll be the difference between the two teams at the end of the day. I wouldn't be surprised if Pajara is man of the match or the best player on ground for India in their, um, in their gut, in their side. Yeah, the two test matches that India have played, the only time they've gone past sort of 300 or or up into 300 um, is when Pujara has batted well for them. So that test match that he played where he got 100, that was really the only time that that India's top order have looked pretty solid uh, playing at that ground. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Pujara, but for me, it's Kane Williamson, man of the match. So Manoj? Well, it all depends on who wins the match, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, for me... uh, Rishabh has a very good chance um, for the uh, just for the fact that you know he uh, he can uh, play a squash buckling innings and turn the match on its head. So he has a very good chance of uh, being the star player for India if at all India wins. I would say. So Adam, your choice. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go a little bit unorthodox, which if you listen to the Top Order podcast, you'll know I always like to uh, throw some random stuff out there. Um, For me, I think it's going to be Ross Taylor. Um, I think he's a fantastic player of spin, and I think that that's going to be um, really important for the way that New Zealand go about um, setting up um, this game. I also have a sneaky suspicion. You know, we've talked a little about where he is in his career. Um, I just think it would be pretty awesome for him to maybe get um, a big daddy hundred and then ride off into the sunset with a World Test Championship trophy uh, sitting in his saddlebag. So, Adam, we are going to look at player matchups in a while. But uh, if you haven't noticed, Ashwin got Ross Taylor five times so far. So, I think that's going to be a very good contest, isn't it? He's one of the better uh, spin players for New Zealand and Ashwin got him five times so far. Yeah, look, I think that these kind of things um, from a matchups perspective are always interesting. But, um, you know, statistics only tell you one side of the story. Uh, and I think um, Taylor has an amazing pedigree. And I, and I think this isn't going to be um, an absolute Bunsen burner. You know, it might spin a little bit on days uh, days three through five, but I think it'll be a pretty good batting deck and um, be fairly easy paced in the first uh, two or three days. So, um, look, I, I think when you're going into a game um, of this magnitude, those matchups um, actually really become about the top two inches and, and the brain power of those players. And um, both Ashwin and Taylor have played a lot of a lot of cricket, and I'm sure we'll have their methods well sorted out. So um, I wouldn't be reading too much into matchups at this stage. So Stu, who do you think 
will be the man of the match. Yeah, well, for me, I, I guess I'll you know stick with with New Zealand here and and go with Tim Southey. I, I think you know as I said, I think that New Zealand's best chance to to win this game is to bowl India out twice for under three hundred. Uh, and if that's going to happen, then I think Tim Southey plays a, a huge part in that. So surprisingly, none of you went and picked any all-rounders. So I think I should pick Ravinder Jadeja. So I think Jadeja more than man of the match. If Jadeja has reached a level of getting man of the match, I think it is going to be India's match, isn't it? Because like he doesn't need uh, really a spin-friendly pitch to get the wickets, and he can bowl long spells. And you know his batting at playing, I mean, coming at at six or seven is going to be crucial for India. So I think my pick is going to be Jadeja here. So let's quickly look at uh, matchups. I think uh, we have one of our friends, Naman Agarwal, who is on Twitter at uh, Cover Driven for Four. So he has made some beautiful charts about the matchups. So if I look at the matchups, I think uh, Team Saudi and Trent Bolt, both of them has you know pretty good success against uh, Indian batsmen. So Adam, what do you think about? Uh, you know, Team Saudi and Trent Bolts. I think I don't think it's a surprising at all. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I definitely don't think it's surprising. I, I think the Duke's cricket ball in both of their hands um, in this English summer is going to be a sight to to see. Um, and look, I think historically, you know, Indian batsmen have struggled a little bit in English conditions. It took Virat Kohli a long time to get going. You know, had a very very poor tour, I think, in twenty uh, twelve. Um, I was lucky enough to be at Lord. Yep. Oh, was it 14? Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, lucky enough to see him um, get out at Lords a few times against the England uh, the England <laughs> team. So, um, look, I think that that's going to be really, really key. Um, but look, I think the one thing, particularly with Pajara playing a lot of county cricket for Yorkshire, um, and he's probably taken a lot of that back to that Indian camp and, and talked about how to construct an innings and, and bat against that moving ball. So look, I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup, but I just come back to it. I think the pitch is going to be pretty flat. You know, this is a big, um, a big, big money spinner for the ICC. You know, with the rights of this game going all around the world, um, they will be asking the groundsman at um, the Aegeus Bowl to produce as, as close to a shirt front as possible. They'll want it to go um, the full five days, and you know, particularly if there's a little bit of weather around as well, they'll want the pitch to be in a position where it, you know, it lasts into that. Um, that that extra day if there is a bit of weather. So, uh, look, it's going to be fantastic to see all of these players at the top of their craft, really. Um, and that's the other factor here is you've got two teams that I think, to a large extent, are both almost at the apex of where they are as cricket sides. And um, you've got that experience um, from a batting perspective with the likes of Williamson and Ross Taylor in that New Zealand side. The emergence of someone like Henry Nichols, who doesn't often get mentioned, but has had a fantastic uh, you know, start and, and you know, even sort of slightly beyond that in his test career. Um, and then the same with the Indians as well, you know, that, that fantastic um, pace attack that really, really, um, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed now. We talk about it a hell of a lot with Bummer and uh, Ishan and Mohamed Shami, I think is going to be um, a fantastic practitioner with that Duke's ball as well. So, um, yeah, look, really, really looking forward to, yeah, to some of those matchups. Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned about Kohli. So if I see... Uh, his matchups against uh, New Zealand bowlers. Uh, Team Southie got him three times. Jamison got him one time. Bold got him three times, and Wagner got him three times. So, what surpri- one surprising thing out of this is he he scored uh, a decent runs against uh, uh, Trent Bolt and uh, 
team sauthi but he couldn't score any runs against neil wagner i think that is going to be key i mean neil wagner versus virat kohli is what i am going to look forward so manoj do you think do you have any thoughts on matchups on india's batting Whom do you um, think? Not really. I mean, um, the players themselves wouldn't be looking at all these matchups. To be honest, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's it's uh, it's down to the uh, pressure, match pressure. How uh, who deals with with the uh, match pressure well will obviously um, go on to you know um, do well in the match. So um, I think the New Zealand quicks would be looking closely at um, possible weak points of the Indians. For example, Pujara has had problems with the balls coming in. so they would like to you know exploit that or maybe uh, kohli is vulnerable uh, you know on the uh, off stump uh, you know balls pitched up you now they, they could these could be the uh, um, areas where the new zealand quicks would would target the indians so yeah these things you know matchups is one but then uh, who can uh, handle the match pressure well will do uh, do well in the match definitely manoj i think you have uh rightly pointed out that irrespective of what happened in the past on the day who is going to perform well is going to come out as winner so michael uh your thoughts on ashwin because uh, ashwin has been uh, i mean uh, very successful against new zealand if not in these conditions but as a whole if i see ashwin has been the most successful indian bowler against new zealand Yeah, absolutely, and he was fantastic in the series against Australia in conditions that weren't particularly favourable. I think if you played the ten, the Test series, you know, a ten-match series between New Zealand and India, Ravi Ashwin might win you three or four Test matches just by himself. So he's going to be a very, very dangerous character, regardless of whether or not it's going to provide turn on day one uh, at the Aegis Bowl. Uh, he's going to be one that New Zealand will have to plan for. Uh, Williamson and Taylor have obviously been dismissed by Ashwin a lot of times in Test cricket, but they've played a lot of Tests against each other. So that's not a, that's not surprising to me that that Ashwin has had some success against New Zealand's best two batsmen. But you know he's going to be dangerous whoever he's bowling to, and particularly the left-handers Conway, um, uh, Santner, uh, yeah Santner and and Latham as well, um, Nichols. You know all those left-handers he's going to be dangerous to because he takes the ball away from the left-handed batter. it's uh, it's quite amazing isn't it like uh, normally even he has got more uh, left hand wickets than murli dharan like he has got half half the wickets to what murli has got and he has got more left handers than murli dharan like i don't know it's i keep mentioning in on our podcast as well it's never ending love story between left handers and ashwin adam you have something to add Yeah, look, look, you guys have certainly done more stats than uh, than I have. So, look, I'll be um, taking a big guess at this, but I think um, the point that Baldy makes there about those three left-handers, you know, we, we've not got any matchups for Devon Conway because he's not played against these guys in Test cricket yet. But you've got that New Zealand batting lineup with Latham, with Conway, uh, with Mitchell Santner, with Henry Nichols. So, some you know, some left-handers in that order. And, and look, I would argue, and uh, uh, sort of you guys may may have the stats to back it up that Ashwin's obviously played in uh, a DRS era a lot more than Murali did, um, and and certainly um, with that you know with that sort of left-handed matchup piece, and um, that's going to be really really key. Um, and look, particularly in England, he's very tall. He gets over the top, and, and I'm sure Lippy, as a former 
um, off spinner of, of, of some repute here in New Zealand. We'll probably talk about the technical aspects more, but um, the ball's not going to be going over the top of the stumps too often in, in England. So I think um, if Ashwin can just get the ball to, you know, to go on with that arm or bowl that carom ball, um, your DRS is going to come into play. And with those left-handers in that New Zealand lineup, it's going to be uh, yeah, really interesting to see the way that they, uh, that they combat um, his threat. Yeah, uh, in fact, Ashwin had a uh, very good success against New Zealand and following him, I think Ishant had a pretty decent success against uh, New Zealand's batting. So your thoughts on that, uh, Stu? Oh, yeah, look, look, I'll just add, um, I mean, you guys were talking about the the seamers. I, I agree with, um, I can't remember who said it, but um, that, that Ishant, um, you know, I know his stats are, are very good in England and uh, he's the kind of bowler that feels like he'll be really tricky for us to face because he's got the seam uh, and, and, you know, utilizes that so well. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think Shami, certainly from a New Zealand perspective, Shami, Bumra and uh, Ishan are the bowlers we, we don't want to see. I, I would love them to play uh, any of the other guys. And, um, you know, you guys touched on Ashwin. I mean, yeah, as a, an off spinner myself, I just, I've loved watching his career really, uh, you know, throughout, but, um, Binksy made a good point about Devin Conway and, and um, he hasn't really been, he's been so tremendous this New Zealand summer, but he hasn't really been tested against spin. Um, not, not through any fault of his own. He just hasn't really had many spinners to play against and, and that they don't play a huge role here in New Zealand. Um, and that's probably the same when you think about his first class stuff. I mean, we, we do have um, some reasonable spinners uh, in, in the background that, that don't really get their opportunities in New Zealand. Um, but it's the same thing. They they don't they're not really able to, you know, play, play that a big role in, in how, uh, you know, I hope Conway obviously bats for long enough uh, that we get to see him uh, challenge challenge Ravi Ashwin because yeah, it'll be a, a tremendous contest. So I think we have covered a lot of ground here. Uh, still, the question may remain: ki, like, who will win the WTC finals? Again, it's not uh, if these are two imbalanced teams or. You know, a week against strong, we can say so and so will, you know, start as favorite or this team has an edge, but they are playing in neutral conditions and there are going to be two tough teams facing each other. So I don't want to ask like who is going to win this match and get some answers. Like I really hope that we are going to get a five day test match or six day. I don't mind saying it on six day, but all we want is definitely a result and a clear winner. And uh, let's hope the may the best man wins. So, like we have uh, discussed already, a three test match series would have been better, but nothing can be done about it. Uh, so, special thanks to you know to Adam and Michael for joining with us today and sharing your thoughts, guys. Thank you, thank you for joining. Thanks for having us. It's been been great fun. Our pleasure, guys. Yeah, our pleasure. Good luck. Thank you. Same to you. So that's all for the episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for more such interesting episodes. Stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye.